1: Day morning, and welcome to another edition of Analyze This. We yours truly, Neville James, here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX FM. It's, uh, I'd say, partly cloudy, some showers. Day right now, morning here in the Virgin Islands, but it's still paradise. The island's a beautiful flavor of green. You got great chill. I don't tell we got double dip. With the candidates speak, St. Croix and St. Thomas, we got two incumbent senators, Santa Samuel Carryong Young joining us in the first hour. And then Santa Carla Joseph joining us at 910 in hour number two. So, let me do some housekeeping. Go we'll to some COVID numbers, good ratio. However, on the St. Croix side, we got a little concern. Um... Five hundred and three negatives 16 positives well all 16 on the big island none on st thomas or st john our actives are now down to 36 including the 16 from yesterday so we got 20 prior to yesterday 30 on st croix five on rock st thomas and one in love city st john okay so we're keeping an eye on that um Debts have been holding steady for a long time. Thank you. At one twenty-three, Let me see um, what, what day that was. Mm, that change was over a month ago. Mm, we saw that um, 9.13. Yeah. Tuesday the 13th. So, knock on wood. Hope it. Remains that way forever. You know, so we are good with that. Matter of fact, you know, I was looking at the um the national numbers and I see that national the debts are at a uh, thousand ninety for world info. And they're about twenty thousand uh thirty thousand a thirty thousand rate or pace ahead of the New York Times. So let me see. Let me go back to when World of Beta, info had us breaking. I mean, a million ninety. I'm sorry. A million ninety thousand. Let me see when they... When they cracked the million mark. They cracked the million mark back in March. Oh, um, yeah, that was back on uh, uh March um thirtieth. Was when they uh cracked a million mark and today is October eighteenth, so and they're at a million ninety thousand. So that's um Let me see, March thirtieth. Six months and Six months and 19 days, <clears throat> and we're, we're still within the first 100,000 past a million. So yeah, that's a good sign. No, without a doubt, because we were, um, the increments before that were much, yeah, the increments, uh, it took us uh, from May 7th, May, February 7th to May 20th, this is the New York Times three months on two weeks to go from night to get from nine hundred thousand to a million and before that it was December 16th to February 7th month and a half from 800,000 to 900,000 or just a bit of a month and three weeks just about so and then uh, October 4th to December 16th from 700,000 to 800,000 so Obviously something is working. Um maybe it is. Uh the herd immunity that we're looking for and hopefully uh it'll pan out. Now yesterday was a very good day in the marketplace. The Dow was up five hundred and fifty point nine nine points. I was just looking at the, the Dow futures Um they're already up four hundred. They already up four hundred um uh, points the Dow feature, so we might be looking at another good day again wall street 29 of the 30 blue chip stocks saw gains um yesterday okay nasdaq was up 3.43 percent smp up 2.65 percent russell 2000 up 3.17 percent so as we wind down three weeks from today is election day and of course a lot of polls coming out saw a good poll in the new york times Uh, where independent women apparently have moved away uh, from the blue column to the red column. Apparently you had a 32-point swing between September and October. Um, But internal polling has... uh, uh, It wasn't reflective of likely voters, but still, it is a snapshot, so you got to definitely keep an eye on that. One more thing about um, the COVID numbers. Um... Nationally, we're at 8.5%. Hospitalizations are now down to 26,025. And uh, average deaths is still over 350 at three hundred fifty seven per day, based on the New York Times tracker. So, um, like the conversation we had yesterday uh, with um, uh, Dr. Hunt Cesar, do not let your guard down, whatever you do right it's the winter time and also don't just be um focused on covid okay there's a number of different things you got to keep an eye on there as well i'm looking for a press release looking for a press release here to give me some uh, information here but i don't see it right about now but um well um let me go on the, the website here that i'm looking for and see if i can see this Press release, most recent press release, and then uh, we go from there. So we gotta figure out where we at. Be That G O V. See if I guess. Press release news. Most of uh, the dates for this, okay. No, we didn't have like, an update on that one, so we'll wait uh, for that one. So, um, like I said, we got uh two incumbent candidates. Um, we'll, we'll start with Senator Carry Young at 8:10, uh, incumbent out of St. Croix, uh, number 12 on the ballot, and then uh, on uh the same time, site uh, candidate number three, Carla Joseph, is going to be joining us uh, in our number two. So uh, we'll start the clock in a minute and a half. Uh, make sure we get both of these candidates on uh, the candidate speak as we wind down towards uh, actual election day, even though early voting taking place as we speak started last week. Monday, so we've had eight full days of uh, early voting, uh, continues today. Um, it'll be a total of 22 days, so we haven't reached the uh, halfway mark. We'll do that on Thursday. When we're done on Thursday, we'll have 11 days uh, in the books, and then the back half of the early voting window starts on Friday, and we'll take that through uh, Monday uh, Halloween, October 31st. And then the system will um prepare for, well, they shut down early voting. Uh, and then the first seven days of November, they'll be preparing for election day, which will take place on Tuesday, November the 8th. And of course, it's a midterm election uh, on the mainland as well. And um, in our case, the delegate is uh, running unopposed for the federal seat, so that's all we had. So let me uh, introduce and welcome uh, candidate number 12, Senator Samuel Carrion, to the candidate speak. Good morning, Senator. How are you?
0: Muy buenos días. Good, good. Doing good. I'm glad to, to be here with you this morning and with your elicited audience. Thank you for having me.
1: Okay, go, go ahead and introduce yourself, your name, number, and your current political disposition.
0: Great. Uh, my name is Samuel Sam Carrion, number 12 on the ballot. I'm a no party. So I'm an independent candidate running for a seat uh, in the 35th legislature. Samuel Carion. Okay, this is your second second go around. This will be my second go around, yes, sir. Okay, how was the? What's, what's the biggest difference between
1: the 2022 20, uh, election cycle and 2021 you ran for the first time?
0: Well, I believe the difference is now um, that uh, we don't have all the restrictions we had back then with COVID, so um, we're not. Uh, to my observation, I don't think we're to the degree like how we were before the traditional type of campaign we had before, but we're better than uh, the last last um, election cycle. So now you have an opportunity to do more stuff uh, because those restrictions we had last year are no longer there anymore. So it gives you an opportunity to really go out there and, and engage once again with the community and do that door to door and have those conversations that we weren't able to do um, in the last election term. Okay, that's good. Anybody to make sure for that Sanes? I get the same all, all the time. All the time. People tell me, hey, Sanis. And I'm like, hey, I'm Carrion, you know? Carrion, but yeah, it happens. Right. And he tells me it, it happens to him. It happens yeah. to him also. Hey, Carrion. And he said, oh, I'm Sanis. Yeah. And I mean, then you're, the, you're actually the uh, one of two
1: Carrion's running in this election cycle, right? I am. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. I am. Yeah, one of two that, Carrion's. That, yeah, run. yeah. So that's. That's uh, that's interesting. So you run as an independent. You a member of the, plat- the
0: Indungo pl- platform? I'm a supporter of the Indungo platform. Yeah. I'm not a member of any group in particular.
1: Okay. What is it about that 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 you support?
0: Well, you know, as a senator, you have to listen to everyone. You have mm-hmm. to listen to different members within the community, mm-hmm. and um, and when you do that, you hear their concerns, you hear their observations, the things they would like to see. So there's things within uh, the Indungo. Um, a platform that I understand that are uh, worth of listening and researching and looking into uh, and um, so that's that's what I did and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm observing and taking in information. So you're not officially a member of any a- any group? I'm a no party, no party. Yeah. I'm a no party individual, independent. I'm I'm a member of I'm no group. Sir. Okay, so, so you're because an- I wanted to represent everyone in particular and, and that's uh my my point of view. So you're a
1: non-hyphenated independent. You just are independent for St. Croix. I'm just independent for the people of St. Croix. Okay, we get that we get that clear. We got it all the way. Um talk about the learning curve. Um you swear in in January. Of course, at that time we were deep. Uh, into the the pandemic, January of 2021. On the mainland, we got local issues, I mean, national issues with respect to legitimacy of the election, all that stuff. And we're still trying to, you know, um, make the recovery happen for us. What was that all about? Um, That that first year, 2021, as a senator?
0: Yeah, that first year was, um, I won't (laughs) lie to you, it was challenging. And from the information I gathered, a base Comparing to other legislatures, uh, well, we had a disadvantage because of COVID. We weren't able to have the full orientation that is commonly, that is a common practice um, within the legislature because of COVID. Uh, So that learning curve was really more extended for us. It was just until. Uh, 2022 that we able really to have the people from um, NCLSC to come down and give us an overview and give us a whole workshop training because of COVID. So in, in in a sense, that placed us in a little disadvantage of really understanding the full rope of what's the role and what's the function and so forth. You thought uh, because of be, be,
1: no, I'm not sure I phrased this question correctly. Do you believe um, you have made the strides in 2022 that you didn't make in 2021 as it relates to learning the ropes?
0: Yes, yes, yes. So it, it, I, I believe that for us, um, especially the freshman senators that came on board, it took us a little bit longer because of COVID to really get a grasp um, of everything with, within, the, the, within the Senate. When
1: you went into the legislature, what was the biggest issue then? What is the biggest issue now and are they
0: different? I think part of the biggest issue that we had was the legal counsel office, the shortage we had. Um, So when we went in, uh, there were some vacancies. And um, it took really a while to kind of fill those vacancies within the legislature. And, you know, everything has to go to legal counsel. They have to verify everything. They provide that support to the senators when it comes to uh, the bills and and the drafting of bills and putting all that together so that uh, could create a little bit of a bottleneck within the legislature when you want things moving ahead and they don't have the necessary personnel um, in order to be able to assist you so I, I think that was also a challenge um now there is a chief legal counsel um, they've hired some more um, um uh, members of the council group so uh things after a few months ago things have been moving a little bit better.
1: Okay, that's good. Now, you and um, Senator Pata um, were two freshman senators in the 34th legislature who were um, executives. Um, You weren't a cabinet member, per se, but you worked in Government House in the previous administration, in the MAP administration. What's it been like um, transitioning from the executive branch to the legislative branch, knowing that uh, uh, knowing what you know as it relates to what the previous administration had to deal with in the aftermath of the hurricanes. Uh,
0: yeah, it's 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 different because, uh, because you're sitting mm-hmm. there listening to testimony
1: from the income from the current administration, and you have knowledge of what may have taken place in the previous administration. What's that been like reconciling um, those two dynamics? Uh,
0: it's it's. Uh, you know, it's it's very interesting because, given like like you mentioned, the, the opportunity I had to serve in the past administration as a policy advisor in the MAP administration, really gave your perspective of how government works and operates. And you had sometimes insight of certain things that were happening and that were moving forward. Um, and then sometimes you hear commissioners and directors that now as a senators that come before you, um, and and sometimes uh, touch those points or, or on those issues, and you have insight knowledge of where. Things were before. Uh, what was the process? Uh, and sometimes you catch that some of the information that is being shared sometimes is not as accurate as it should be on the senate floor. So you you know I've 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 faced those issues okay. or those moments I should say.
1: Okay. And and quickly you 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 became uh, a majority member at the last minute right before the the uh, swearing in. Uh, what was, what was that like?
0: You know, yeah, I like how you say last minute because it really was. I, yeah. I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't basically, you could say, maybe an afterthought. <laughs> <laughs> um, you well, know, you are perceived minority member,
1: and then it comes wearing in there, you are member of the majority. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, well, the discussion really happened, I think, a few weeks uh, before yeah. um, the soaring in. Uh, but when I was approached, I, I, you know, I analyzed it and I gave it some thought, and I. Really, my focus was where can I serve better our people, and uh, and then I made the decision to accept. And I've been part of the majority. it have been uh, a rewarding experience. It has. It has been a rewarding experience. Uh, you know, I've, I've I've learned a lot. You get a chance really to um, part be part of the structure that is happening within the legislature. So so I think um, I'm grateful for that and, opportunity and to and serve. And you're one of two non Democrats. I'm yeah. one of two non Democrats in and the majority. Okay, that's you correct. Ask yourself and um.
1: Senator General Saro mm-hmm. from St. Thomas. And what we'll do is we'll take a break. Um, candidate speaking, full effect, we got um, Senator Samuel Carrion joining us this morning here on analysis. Please forgive me if I said Sanis from time to time. Senator Sanis, Sanis, sorry. Uh, no, nah, i just joking. We'll take a break. Number 12 is here on the mic. We'll be back right after this. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said sometimes you just got to hold on and know we'll get through this.
2: Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. <laughs> no, you hold my hand. Here we go. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
3: Good morning, neighbor. I see you got your bumper, stickers, and your sign-up party. Yes, I'm so ready for this election season. Me too. Just waiting for the info on the polling places and then ballots. What polling places? You mean voting centers? The election system is using voting centers this year, where you can go anywhere across the island, walk in, fill out a ballot. Just bring your ID. Really? Because my daughter live in Tutu, but walk all the way by the airport and would try to run back home before the sun goes down to vote. Nope. You're no longer stuck to just your neighborhood on Election Day. Voting centers mean you can vote anywhere in your district. And the next time, try the early voting option too. Skip the line get on Election Day. Girl, you have all the good tips this year, man. So, who's going to win? Ha! Read my yard sign, then pick any voting center. Just remember, voting is not just your right. It's, it's the, the right, right
2: thing to do. to do. A message from the election system of the Virgin Islands.
4: Here's a fun fact for you. The average chameleon can point their eyes in two different directions. On the other hand, the average human can't. So unless you're a chameleon, there's absolutely no way you can focus on texting and driving at the same time. So don't do it, unless you're a chameleon. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council.
1: And we're back here and analyze this. The candidate speaker we get candidate number 12 on the St. Croix senatorial ballot, incumbent senator. Samuel Carrion joining us this morning. Good morning, Senator.
0: Buenos dias. Good morning. Good no,
1: morning. let me ask this question. We, got, uh, we, we, we talk to incumbents differently than we talk to um, non-incumbents because you're coming from a, a position of experience within the body as opposed uh, to, to non-incumbents. Um, the The legislative process requires that the body receive testimony um, as a means of providing information for For senators on your way to making meaningful uh, decisions how has that process um, allowed for you to become more knowledgeable about the role of a senator sitting there and understanding why it is critical to receive pertinent testimony in advance of making decisions
0: well, it's, it's very helpful because, you know, you make your decisions in part based on the testimonies that you receive, uh, but you can't only rely on that. You have to also, once, you know, agenda is made and, you know, a department or a particular bill is coming before you, you really have to do your own research and work and investigate and try to get information and be prepared. Um, and another reason you can't rely sometimes the testimonies, they reach late. Unfortunately, that's been a practice with the legislature. You get the testimonies the morning of, uh, the night before. So, if you would only rely on a testimony that you're expecting to receive, um, you won't be fully prepared. So, you really have to do your work beforehand and do that groundwork of investigating and asking questions um, if you have, if you know people inside, um, or just uh, getting into um, doing your research and trying to be prepared and get your questions beforehand. And then the testimony would just Come to be able to assist and and add on to what you have already done um in, in that preparation process.
1: No no what was the biggest issue and what is the biggest issue facing the people of the Virgin Islands in twenty twenty two?
0: In twenty twenty two. Right now.
1: Today as we speak, what do you believe is the biggest issue facing the people of the Virgin Islands, specifically the people of St. Croix where you represent?
0: The biggest issue facing us here on St. Croix is our healthcare system and particularly um, JFL, Mm. one of Louis hospital. Um, And the whole process, unfortunately, the delay in really being able to move to JFL North. Um, and all the hiccups that has come with that. So I think that's of great concern because we know the conditions of our hospital uh, right now, it's not the best. we hear our community complaining. It's a place that we go to. I visited a few times with my elderly father, who's 90 years old. Um, so we have some major challenges uh, with our hospital. Uh, and it seems like we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, we're hearing some good news. This last hearing that we had, or we had an update, um, I was uh, it was good to hear that finally, we got we got some details and got some visuals and saw where we are and that um, in the next uh, month or so we should be in JFL North.
1: No, um, yesterday we, we do we do a table talk every Monday, myself and three former senators, and the recovery was a big issue. As a matter of fact, uh, subsequent to the show, I got text messages from a lot of people about our discussion dis- discussion related to the recovery. What is your take on the recovery? Are we are we where we should be in your estimation? Are we behind? Are we ahead?
0: I think we're behind. We're not where we should be. Um, and, uh, and and it's clear. It's five years from um, Hurricane Irma Maria. We still have individuals with uh, blue tarps. Um, the Envision program really has been a failure. Uh There's a lot of issues with um, our federal partners. Um, There's some issues within the Virgin Islands House and Finance Authority. It's no secret. Um, There's a change in leadership there. Uh, The new leadership is trying um, from what we've seen to try to correct the problem a lot of the funds are going into administrative costs and not reaching down to the individuals that really need it so uh, I, the recovery process has been super slow um, and i think we need to work more together with our federal partners to uh, remove some of the red tapes that are in place i know they're there also for um, accountability purposes in some instances to protect us from uh, to ourselves us from ourself, mm-hmm. which are important but but some of it is is just redundant um, to some degree and 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 it's it's sad because the people that are hurting are the ones that need the most so uh, we really need to ramp that up and and uh, really address this issue um it, it's something that i've i've been very vocal about and i continue to be vocal about and uh the, the people need the assistance like the, yesterday the, the, this is an, an across the
1: board perspective as, it, as it relates to recovery or with health care
0: no, this is across the board. This is across the board as relate to um, our recovery. Okay, okay. Let let, let me ask this. Question. But we also just wanted to mention that we also have some challenges because we have a capacity issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that capacity issue creates a vacuum. Well, what well, really I want, I want,
1: that. I wanted to go there because we, you know, the the current administration came into be came into power January 2019. One year, 14 months later, COVID 19. So the majority of 2020 and a significant portion of 2021 right now. We're in an endemic phase of this uh, experience. Is that a a legitimate uh, excuse um, as to why the recovery may have been stagnated, in your estimation?
0: In some instances, it is. Mm -hmm. In some, it's not. Uh, For for example, we we had um, um, one of the contractors that uh, really didn't do anything and left the territory with millions of dollars. So... You know, so yes, the pandemic. You talking about the Arman
1: company talking about yes, with, yes. The, with the housing finance with authority? the housing
0: finance authority. Yeah. Okay. So, so in some instances, you know, we could understand and see that COVID and all these other things have really affected, and are, you know, are in some degree, a justification for where we are. But in some instances, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so we really haven't done a good job in the management of these funds. Um, and um, and and then some of the issues, like when we look at healthcare, sometimes it's not really having the people with the expertise to make these decisions, where we have delays and have we have had to uh, do change of orders and. And all these things then have to go, once you change these projects again, you have to go through the process one more time. And it takes about six months mm-hmm. um, to get these things approved. So not having the right people uh, making the decisions at the moment really affect us and put us behind when then we have to go back again and make these changes. So I think it's it's, it's been a mixture of things.
1: No, well, no. Um, a a counter argument to that would be, well, historically, recoveries after major hurricanes, they are not an overnight Fix. It, and it's it, true. It, it, it is a eight, 12, sometimes 15 year uh, re- recovery. So reconcile that um, expectation or that historical fact with where we are in terms of recovery.
0: So it is true and we have to set the right expectations. So recovery doesn't happen overnight. And like you mentioned, uh, in most instances, it takes uh, 10 to 15 years. We, we side with um, Katrina and mm-hmm. the recovery that is still going on there. But when when we're on the floor and we're able to hear directors and commissioners come before us, um, you realize that there are some areas in which things could have been done better. And it's not a matter of um, a normal delay process, but a mismanagement in some areas that have caused some delays. So that's why I said that, um, you know, it's different areas that have affected and, and, and have us where we are today.
1: Okay, good. Let's talk um, the, the real big issue, um, cost of living, as it relates to um, the cost of energy here in the territory. Uh, you've been in the legislature now. <clears throat> you've been um, with the MAP administration as, as a policy advisor from uh, 15 uh, to 19. Um, what's your take, having, having been in an executive rule, and now in a legislative rule, where our energy crisis is at this particular time? Uh,
0: You know, our energy crisis, we've been operating with a, a system that has been failing. Um, but it's, again, it's also a mixture of stuff because we know we've had some issues in management within uh, the WAPA. Uh, the the media has put it out there we've had funds have been misplaced we have contracts that are questionable so that connecting it to a generating system of energy that um is old and outdated uh, has brought us to where we are today plus our deal with uh, Vitol vital um that we got into which we have to break out from because that's really consuming us so all these things really has affected and has have us where we are today So a lot of things have to happen There's a new leadership within WAPA They're making some changes They made some changes internally within the leadership They made some changes within policies and regulations uh, Within within WAPA structure The legislature has moved forward Some legislations um, To try to assist in this area In the composition of the board Requiring to have certain qualities Skill sets and experiences In, in areas so that it, they could understand What's happening, the board members Um, There's new systems through the federal government that will be in place, uh, smaller generating machines, which then will reduce the waste of energy that we've been seeing in WAPA that consumers have been Taking um, that that Cost of the waste and energy So now these new smaller generating Machines will help us to Be more energy efficient and we Have to turn and look into renewables Also so that combination of also Seeking renewables using solar Using wind um, and all These things in place which I'm glad to Hear that the uh, new leadership In WAPA is looking into and this Administration has spoken about will Really help us uh, to reduce The cost of energy and then you know will help the whole infrastructure when it comes to energy in the territory
1: I'm hearing from
0: elected officials uh, on the
1: campaign trail we're being more specific as it relates to what we believe is the problem and I'm hearing I'm I'm hearing candidates and you just mentioned it Vital by name Um, I'm going to ask you this very straightforward question if we had the ability to buy ourselves out of that contract today would you support that yes
0: I would why because the, the contract in the beginning wasn't the best. So if we, we have to negotiate a good deal and be able to settle and buy out, and that would take a whole load off of WAPA right now and will assist and we could pass some of that relief onto the consumers. Mm. And that's one of the areas that I think we really need to look into. As WAPA conveyed
1: uh, that if in fact we were to go that route, we have the man and woman power uh, in WAPA, To 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 man machines and things of that nature, so that you know, because don't forget, we we're talking about a capacity Capacity issue issue. as relates to recovery. That may be the
0: case with Wapa. I don't know. What are you hearing? Well, then a plan needs to be in place to seek out that capacity. um, To prepare our local workforce, I think that's one area that we also been failing. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to be able to see ahead, and when you do look ahead, then you prepare for that. Um, so if that's the case, you want to move in that direction, then the time is like yesterday to start preparing our local workforce and seeking um, some assistance. Because, of course, we know everything. We won't be able to do it locally. So it's a combination of both things would be necessary. That's, that, that's a very pointed uh, answer. There. Let's talk education. Um, what's your take on our
1: infrastructure, our schools, number one, and what you've heard over the last 22 months, because this is, let me say, nine. Yeah, about no, 21. 21 months. 21. January to October is nine months, and then 12, 21. Um, as it relates to our um, curriculum, when the Board of Education has come before the
0: body? Uh regards to curriculum, uh, well, education, different facets. Um, infrastructure, <laughs> schools, and, and curriculum. Those are the two things that, we, yeah. I, that I ask uh, of candidates. In infrastructure, well, we have an opportunity like never before in our hands to be able to build, build better, build stronger. Uh, and i think we really need to maximize that opportunity that we have and ensure that uh, we build state-of-the-art schools and equipment and equip them with everything that our students need Uh, but apart from that we know the issues we have had not only with department education but with all government buildings is maintenance so we really need to hand in hand bring in a plan that will ensure that our schools will be maintained because if not then 10 years, 15 years from now, or maybe less, we're gonna be in the same predicament. I mean, with new schools, but with poor condition because they haven't been maintained. So when it comes to infrastructure, we need to really fund the department of education so that they can really have their year round maintenance crew taking care of our schools. So our teachers and students could have a, a, a pleasant environment where to work in and our children to learn in. Uh, when it comes in with, with our curriculum, um, the board education I think needs to be more empowered um, to have more oversight and, and supervision. Um, Are you in
1: support of the board having the power to hire the superintendents in the respective districts? I think so.
0: I think so. We see it in other jurisdictions that it's been working um, favorably for those jurisdictions. I think that's a, an option that we can explore here in the territory um, and uh, and uh, create a bit more of accountability and oversight in that area and have that level of um, management from the board within within our Department of Education.
1: Okay. By the way, I forget to actually Tell the people that when you went to school, where you grew up. Um, and how where you were you educated? We, don't, we normally ask that of all the campus. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, born here in the island of Saint Croix, I'm a product of the public education system. Um, then uh, I went off and um, uh, and, and my What's background S- Central High complex. Central. I'm a okay. proud, proud Carib <laughs> Central High School. Uh, and my background is in business administration and theology. I also worked in the private sector. I'm a small business owner. Um, I also have experience in the nonprofit sector. I was the director for territorially for the American Red Cross, um, and like, uh, you know, worked in the public sector in the Supreme Court of the Virgin Islands as a judicial assistant, then I worked in uh, the office of the governor as mm-hmm. a policy advisor there. I interrupted you say so you went off, where you went to school off, island. I went to the University of Arizona, and I also oh, yeah? went, yeah, and I also went to um, la UCE from the American Public Universidad Central del Este. You went to the University of Arizona? Yes, yes, sir. Tucson? So, Tucson, 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 Arizona. Yeah. It was it was such an experience for me because being an island boy <laughs> <laughs> being an island yeah, boy yeah. Uh, there in, 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 no, no, in Arizona. While
1: you were there, did, did you, real, you realize that, that Arizona is a retirement state and maybe we need to look at copying that particular model for St. Croix and not wanting to be fully economic development like St. Thomas? Because True. that's what Arizona did because they didn't want to compete with California.
0: Yeah, They yeah. went
1: the retirement state route and I mean, this is ideal for people who want to retire.
0: It is. It is. Yeah. It is. If we have the right
1: healthcare system in place oh, and some oh, other things with our infrastructure,
0: then it becomes uh, ideal. Everything is integrated. Every Yeah, it's interconnected. Yeah, no, yeah,
1: w- yeah. Without Without a doubt, and since you uh, since you since you went there, t- talk a little bit about housing. We um, mentioned the blue roof, so I think uh, based on what you're saying, you're not satisfied with where we are um, as it relates to home ownership.
0: Yeah, that's correct. Um, and I was uh, lucky enough to partner and work along with my colleagues to pass the first-time home owner buyer program, uh, which is just one drop in the bucket of mm-hmm. the issues that we have here to mm-hmm. be able to assist members in our community that are first-time home owners or want to be first time homeowners and sometimes have that challenge of uh, obtaining that deposit that 20% is sometimes that sometimes that is required by mm-hmm. the banks to be able to qualify so through um, uh, this uh, law uh, now enables and provides that assistance and support through Virgin Islands Health and Finance Authority to those individuals that want to be first time owners but yep. yeah we have a housing crisis in the territory <laughs> and uh, Virgin Islands Housing Finance Authority needs to really partner with developers to really expand a housing stock in well- the territory
1: We'll we'll pick that up. Coming back from this break, the candidate speak. Number 12, Senator Samuel Carrion from the St. Croix uh, Senatorial Ballot. We'll be back right after this. Banking for your business. At Bank of St. Croix, our mobile apps provide access to business accounts on the go and our merchant card services accept credit and debit payments anywhere, anytime. Plus, the online banking platform means your bank is always open. Bank of St. Croix has two locations. One in Gallows Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. Croix.com.
0: Saturday mornings, we're here for you with Weekend Edition. Two hours of news, interviews, new music, new books... Rattling good stories, interesting people, challenging analysis, laughs, air shows, and donkey rides for the kids. So come along with us. Weekend Edition, Saturday mornings from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. Synergy Fitness and Wellness Center, located in Red Hook on St. Thomas, has been serving the community since 2011 and offers on-site and virtual speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, and nutritional counseling. The therapists work with one patient per session. Synergy Fitness and Wellness hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. through 6 p.m., and Saturdays, 9 a.m. through 4 p.m. No referral needed. Synergy Fitness and Wellness, 340-714-2348 or SynergyVI.com.
1: We're back here and analyze this. The candidate speak. Candidate on the hot seat this morning being interviewed by yours truly is Senator Samuel Carrion, number 12, on the ballot, the senatorial ballot here on the island of St. Christ. Senator, you, you uh, feel intimidated being in, being interviewed by a former senator?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you to a certain
1: degree, yeah, yeah, I must say, I must say. I, must say. What, what, what I, I want you the the public to know that uh, um, everybody who sits in that couch they feel comfortable after we start having this discussion. Yeah, I want I I, I, I I want to speak to that. Let the public know that it's true. That, it's true that that, that, that I, I am not here to bring out the worst in our uh, candidates. I I want all of our candidates and our incumbents. Um, to reach their potential? Because at the end of the day, isn't this really about a better better Virgin Islands?
0: That's what it's about. It's about about St. Croix. It's about the Virgin Islands. It's about improving uh, the quality of life for everyone in the territory. Okay, so don't feel intimidated. (laughs) We're
1: going to be all right. Let let me ask you this question. Agriculture, um, you know, I was fortunate, along with um, now Commissioner Nelson and Senator Rodney Russell, uh, we were the primary sponsors uh, for Act 6836, the Sustainable Agriculture Industry Act. Um, we've made some strides. Where are we, in your estimation, um, where agriculture is concerned? You know, I do some work with the RT Park. They have a mandate for economic development to, to include agriculture because the university is a land-grant institution. What's your take on where we are? Territory-wide. I know you focus on Sincra, but Territory-wide where agriculture is concerned.
0: Well, I, I think... Uh from my estimation, there's a level of disparity. I think Saint Croix it's more ahead than what Saint Thomas is. Um, you heard from the farmers in Saint Thomas. I've had the opportunity to have conversations with them, um, and then Saint Croix, we still have a lot of work to do um, in that in that in that regard. Uh, there's a lot of federal funding and assistance for farmers. I think part of the issue is providing some more technical support for them, um, and the Department of Culture really. We need to empower it. We need to properly fund it. It needs to be properly staffed. If we're serious about agriculture, then we really need to take it to the next level. And we need to incorporate within agriculture our technology because it has really changed and has evolved over the years. And uh, um, our young people are not interested in it because I don't think we're doing a good job in showing them how it has evolved and how it has changed. And technology now plays a huge role. I mean, you even have drones that are part of um, agriculture now. Mm-hmm. so I think we need to incorporate all those elements and really take agriculture to the next level.
1: no that's that's a uh, in my opinion, a very uh, comprehensive uh, perspective and uh but but let me let me um, dovetail on that because the data says that we're importing high ninety percent of what we consume. consume. So when are we going to fully commit? to agriculture so that we could reduce that importation percentage, not only uh, from a dependency standpoint, but from an eating healthy perspective. Because when you grow locally, obviously going to be quality, gonna be of greater quality.
0: I, tr- I truly agree with you. And we even see uh, with what happened now um, in Florida that has delayed the shipment of goods into the territory mm-hmm. and you saw it in our supermarkets. So really, it, it should resound that the time is now for us to really um, give our culture what it needs and take it to the next level. Um, And we have to do it. Uh, You know, I've I've done my little part in participating and collaborating with my colleagues. We have, they've completed the plan, our cultural plan now. We just recently funded the plan and some of the requests that were made within the plan um, In the 34th. Um, I also was able to um, uh, create the seed bank, which is Act 8504, which is a community seed bank program within uh, the Department of Culture. We work in collaboration with UVI because we know we've been losing um, plants and fruits that are um, common and, and, and local here um, over the years because of natural disasters, because of things that have been happening. And, and so um, the community seed bank is to be able to protect and preserve these seeds and these herbs in our territory. Senator, um, one of the things, uh, speaking from an
1: experience standpoint, um, I once had a conversation with a former judge, Judge Vern Hodge, and he said when the governor sends down deals to the legislature, it should be the executive branch and the legislative branch working together on behalf of the people, um, not necessarily against the private sector, but to let the private sector know that both entities, Bonnie, how are you? Uh, Both entities are working. Um, on behalf of the people, we had a high-profile issue with the Southland um, Gaming um, Development Project for Clinton Fips Track, and I was I was watching you. You were not impressed with the how that was presented uh, to the legislature. What what was it like going through that whole dynamic there with that deal uh, came down, and ultimately it became, for the most part, a St. Croix versus St. Thomas situation. We had Senator Siro joining the St. Thomas Senators and Senator J. Van James, Senator Sen- Sen- Sarah joining the St. Croix Senators and Senator Javon James, joining the St. Thomas Senators. What, what, was, what, what was that like, that high-profile uh, legislative setting um, where the lights were on the legislature and everybody's <laughs>
0: everybody's position was very much <laughs> under the microscope? I think, uh, man, we need a whole program just for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I think in my first term, I think that was one of the moments where um, I guess top, you know, in the first term where you really had to dig into and do some research, but also know how heavy your decision was um, because you want to be pro-development and pro-economic development uh, but there's so many other things that are underlying factors um, that sometimes a community is not aware of and we don't see at first mm-hmm. hand mm-hmm. so it's one of those moments where you really have to make a decision okay what's in the best interest um, in, in general for our people especially sometimes for your district uh, so to me that was one of one of those moments yeah. thus far, and, and you know, as a center, that I had to really make a decision that was very strong um, based on, on on my beliefs on the information that was shared with me. No, him. because I saw
1: you and um, Santa Johnson um, took. Talk- Hardline positions, and that was because I was in the administration when the original deal was cut, right? With with, with VIGL and all that stuff. So I saw Correct. that if it was one time where uh, both of you had no problem articulating on behalf of what was existing as opposed mm-hmm. to what was proposed, mm-hmm. that was a situation that presented itself. E-
0: exactly, based on what, based on what we know, based on the agreement that was established, based on the things that was marching forward, and then all this litigation that happened. So it was, it was very, it was a very controversial period. But for one thing. I'm glad that, um, in essence, that part is over mm-hmm. and both tracks are in, on their move, and uh, we should be seeing development on both areas. Uh, because who came to be affected is the horseman, mm-hmm. the, the, the fans, and everyone that is involved in this whole process. So For both years. tracks are on track. Well, it should be on
1: track. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that one. It, there's no such thing as a guarantee, right? I no, I, no, I I appreciate that. Um, Senator Samuel Carrion, i going to yield to you, give you two minutes um, to once again make your plea to the people of St. Croix um, asking them for for their support uh, to be given, um, the, for you to be given their consent to represent them in the 35th once legislature again. beginning in January of 2023. Thank,
0: thank you. Once again, I'm asking the members of my community, District of St. Croix, um, to really once again, you know, do your analysis, and uh, early vote began on November. I'm uh, sorry, on October 10th. So we're in early vote stages. But when you look at a candidate, you need to look at the candidate's passion. You need to look at the candidate's experience. You need to look at a candidate's commitment. And I'm one who's been serving this community not now for years i've been a volunteer in many nonprofit organizations just to mention red cross for 20 years uh virginia's domestic violence sexual cell council clean Sweet frederickstead so i have someone who's been involved in a community um from here i'm not going anywhere i also have experience. my background experience like i mentioned is in as business administration i been a nonprofit uh, director and founder. So I understand the nonprofit. I'm a business owner, small business owner. Business, small businesses are at the engine of this territory. So I understand the challenges of small businesses. And I've worked in the private and now in the public sector for a few years in the Red Cross. I mean, I'm sorry, in the Superior Court of Virgin Islands, in the executive branch, in the Office of the Governor's Policy Advisor. So I bring a holistic approach to the issues that we have in the territory and my focus is really to improve the quality of life for all of us here in the Virgin Islands, particularly for my district of saint croix i've worked in this term been able uh, have been successful to pass uh many legislations um so none of my bills thus far have failed or have been held. I've been able to negotiate and collaborate with my colleagues in order to move forward legislation that would benefit uh, the people of St. Croix. And I'm asking you to once again give me the opportunity to do that. You could find more information on me online, dot And you will be able to see more information on on us, on our platform and things we've done. And I'm asking you to allow me one more time to continue to represent you in the 35th legislation and serve and fight on your behalf to continue to improve the quality of life for us here in St. Croix and Virgin Islands in general. Samuel, Sam Carrion, number 12 on your ballot.
1: Thank, Thank you very somebody. much, Senator Carrion, for joining us and the candidates speak. And uh, we wish you uh, continued success going forward. Three more weeks until November the 8th.
0: Three more weeks.
1: You got it. Thank you very much, Thank you, no uh, Senator Samuel Carrion, joining us. And the candidates speak here and analyze this. So, uh, someone what's to take uh, with the senator's appearance here and candidates speak?
2: Well, one of the things that really um, I want to uh, this is the first candidate that I heard this right who encouraged the analysis of all of the candidates yes. um to say voting populace when you're looking at me and when you're looking at my peers here are some things I suggest right mm-hmm. I was like okay that's 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 fresh and nuanced and um to, so I think it was strong I think it was strong because it it was rooted in the sentiment that we are a body that's what I that's what I took when he said that it was rooted in the sentiment we are a body
1: let me ask this question. Every time I hear this, um, <clears throat> it looked like this word became in vogue in the last four or five years. Nuanced. Tell me about it. Tell me, tell me about nuance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah,
3: seriously.
1: Yeah. Tell me about it. I, I know about uh, uh, sophisticated and idiosyncrasies and all that stuff, but tell me about nuance, man. I, li- I, li- I like how we've now made that mainstream uh, You know, uh, part of our dialogue.
2: For me, when I hear someone say it's nuanced, I think it's talking about the complexity or the layers Correct. within within any function, whether it's a decision, you know. More technical. Yeah, it, yeah it's it's more than meets the eye, you know, like mm-hmm. transformers, more than meets the eye. Like mm. this thing, <laughs> this thing could operate on multiple levels. And so when we are looking at it, we can't just take it for mm-hmm. face value. Nuance to me is an invitation to look past face value. Correct.
1: Correct, correct, correct. I, li- I I I like that, uh, and I I just like how, you know, art, you know, vernacular,
2: vernacular
1: evolves, you know, from time to time. But you know did you saying? miss
2: me though? That's the question I have to ask. Oh
1: my God, yes. I was like <laughs> lost out there, dangling like a participle But you know, I got to do what I got to do. So
2: glad you uh, survived.
1: I I did, I did, I did, I did. So how you been?
2: Um, been great. I just come off, unfortunately or fortunately, promoting Bushcook Chef Cook. So my apologies to the ninety three point one listening audience. I was promoting Bush Cook Chef Cook. Business. But I'm happy to business. be here. Business. Handling the business, business. of food.
1: B- business, yeah. Do we got yeah. do we ask uh Senator Carina about agriculture? He he brought up a good point. He said uh um agriculture has evolved and um we need to get the young people to understand that uh, you know the, techno- the technological aspect of agriculture needs to be embraced, yeah, needs to be embraced more so um, than it has been uh, in the past. So um, that's something that we got working on as well. But
2: he's also so the first person who I have heard, you know, reference the connection to what the future of this is, you know? So that's really important. Well, you know
1: we, uh, you know, and he did uh, one thing that he mentioned. with that 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 I, that I really like was he spoke of the um, the distinction between agriculture and the big island as opposed uh, to Saint Thomas and to a lesser degree uh, Saint John. You know, we, you know, you can't ignore land mass and how valuable that is. and then you can't ignore topography as well, um, because let's face it, you know, our situation here is flat. Uh, compared to hey, what's up, man? Good to see you. Uh, um, you know, our situation, our our, demogra- our topography here on Saint Croix—we're larger, we're flatter, and we're more conducive to agriculture. Period.
2: Absolutely, and St. Thomas is conducive to urban agriculture. And so, you know, this Mm. is for me this is a week of talking food, talking the reduction of the 98% import rate. So I'm always happy when I see people who are looking at it from from a nuanced lens, right? Nuanced. From a nuanced lens because traditional agriculture is, is good and solid and we need to get to the next level. So it's two things.
1: Let me ask this question though. How do we genuinely get into the schools to get to to, to not, not attack but target those who may be inclined into a career in agriculture?
2: you try and get me in trouble this morning? No. Okay, so the reality is, is that it's already in the books, it's on the VI code. So it is for the executive branch. That's who, the what,
1: I'm talking about the how.
2: But so the executive branch has to appoint leadership and put it as a priority and work across its functions, right? So the commissioner of agriculture and the commissioner of education and the commissioner of labor need to be in a room sitting down looking at the mandates in the code and then determine what part of the budget for the next five years will support the training, education, and development of the pipeline to so go to the money that has already created the School of Agriculture so that there's children who who are learning, right? It's the same way. How do we get institutional purchasing? The executive branch needs to sit down and say, listen, we have a grocery list. The government buys food. The government caters. We're going to say 1%, 2% of our grocery list is going to support local. Those are the types of decisions that have to be made and stuck to, and if then if there's no funding for it, then create the policy that then allows for that to be institutionalized.
1: Did the the task force establish what percentage of foods um, we need to reduce importing by a particular date? No. Then then, then we got work to do because at at some point you have to say, okay, this is 2022. Um, By 2027, five years from now, we want to reduce our uh, importation rate or uh, agriculture importation rate from 97 percent to 67 percent. It has to. There has to be some type of goal, right? And what we're going to do, take a break. We will come back. We'll pick up the discussion right there, which shows you know that there's a there's performance to that end. We'll take a break. Be back right after this.
4: El sistema de elecciones de las Islas Vírgenes lo está haciendo más fácil para que tú formes parte de nuestro equipo por medio de nuestro programa de voluntarios. Estamos en busca de personas buenas como tú que puedan proveer a cada votante el apoyo que necesitan para que efectivamente puedan participar en el proceso de votación puede comenzar recogiendo y completando la aplicación para voluntarios de cualquiera de nuestras oficinas en el territorio, usted puede servir como monitor, también tienes la opción de convertirte en un facilitador, asegurando que los votantes que están votando por primera vez, los envejecientes y la comunidad de deshabilitados puedan votar con confidencia y acertadamente, si tienes el tiempo y estás dispuesto a servir hay un lugar para ti, solo inscríbete Si quieres más información, llama al 340-773-1021. Y recuerda, el votar no es solo su derecho, es lo correcto hacer.